Welcome to Content Inspire, episode 23. Today, I have the badass and the legend, Joseph Mansell with me. And if you're familiar within the sports nutrition and fitness world, you will definitely know who this is. But let just introduce yourself to the listeners, my man, and just show and just tell the world who you are. Andrew, thank you so much for having me, man. It's uh, it's an absolute pleasure and an honor to be on your show. Uh, specifically, I didn't even realize that uh, this is episode number 23. And you and I would know that 23 is uh, the playing number of the great Michael Jordan. Yes. Yeah, so I feel are, honored yeah. even more. Oh, my God. <laughs> that I I've got number 23 right on my back. A little bit of pressure, to be honest, man. No, um, no. Nope. <laughs> you go, go. Uh, wow, man, how do I introduce myself? Look, I, I, um, I do a, a bunch of different things in the, in the fitness space. I think probably most people, uh, would know me for the businesses that I'm involved in. So I, I founded, um, started and, and still run a company called Massive Joe's. Um, which is a, effectively a supplement company here uh, in Australia, which is where I'm based, um, a supplement retail company. We do retail, we do distribution, we do a whole bunch of things uh, in, the, in the supplement game. I also founded uh, and also run a fitness apparel brand called TMJ Apparel. Um, which is, you know, workout apparel, workout accessories, all that sort of thing. Uh, and then I have a big uh, media presence, I guess is probably the, the best way to put it, which really is, has something spawned from a lot of the content that we started creating for the supplement business for Massive Joe's uh, mm -hmm. and has spilt over into YouTube. You know, the Massive Joe's YouTube channel is one of the, um, the, the biggest in terms of subscriber base uh, YouTube channels in the supplement game. And probably one of the most, you know, I, I like to think probably one of the most reputable when it comes to supplement based information. Um, I run a podcast called the Fitness Times Business Podcast. Um, and I also compete. I also compete in the IFBB. I'm an IFBB men's physique pro. Uh, I've been competing for, well, since 2005. So for, you know, 15, almost coming up to 16 years, starting to make me feel a bit old. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, so I, you know, I, I do a, a bunch of different things, um, you know, in, in the fitness game, primarily in the supplement side of, of health and fitness. Okay. Well, that was a wonderful, amazing breakdown of, of everything that you do. So I just want to just drop a quick question in there. Mm -hmm. um, you have so many different titles and roles in your life. CEO, IFBB Pro Men's Physique Athlete. You're also an IFBB Pro Promoter on that side of the world. You're yep. an avid content creator. What is your favorite role? Oh, <laughs> that's, a, that's a that's a good question. Listen, man, I think I I, I really enjoy the I, I kind of group it together. It's funny you ask this question. It's quite a timely question because I um I had to do something for um a, a part of my business, something that's going on in a part of my business, literally this week, where I had to list out what my roles and responsibilities are. Um, within the Massive Joe's business, within Team J Power, within um, the IFBB uh, promoters. And I forgot to put that in my intro, so thank you for adding that um, in the, the <laughs> realm of uh, promoting IFBB shows. And I think, you know, probably my, my, 
the part that I enjoy the most personally is, is what I put under, I guess, the public relations umbrella, which is a lot of the content creation, a lot of the interacting in the community, in the health and fitness community. Um, you know, I, I really enjoy that side of what I do. I probably least enjoy the polar opposite of that, which is behind the scenes business management, um, you know, behind the scenes uh, staff management, the actual nitty gritty bits and pieces of running IFBB shows, um, you know, that sort of stuff that has to get done and is is probably the the more important stuff. Probably for me is is less enjoyable than being mm-hmm. in the public. Okay. Um, well, thank you so much for sharing that with me and the listeners. So, um, basically I just, I want to dive into it because I know that you're very philosophical and you're a mindset individual. Mm -hmm. What is, what is your why? So my, um, overarching why has a lot to do, has, it has more to do with where I've come from than, uh, than myself. To be to be mm-hmm. honest, Andrew. So my background in terms of my family background, I'm half Italian, half Polish. So my mum is Italian, um, born in Italy, moved to Australia when she was four years old, um, and my dad is Polish. Wow. He, was, he was born in Australia, but his heritage is Polish. So on my mum's side, full Italian. You know, my my grandparents, nonna and nonno, on uh, on my mum's side. You know, had spent most of their lives in Italy before they migrated to um, to Australia. And on my dad's side, uh, you know, through and through Polish and they, uh, my dad's parents, Babcha and Jadru is what I call them. That's grandma and grandpa in Polish, um, migrated to Australia when the Germans invaded Poland in World War II. So mm-hmm. my why has a lot to do with the sacrifices that were made by my grandparents in the first instance to move from their home countries to Australia to provide a better life for their children. And then my parents and the sacrifices that they made uh, to provide the best possible life for myself and my sister, um, who were the two siblings um, for, you know, to, to allow us to, to have all of the opportunities that we have. Um, So I think, you know, whenever I think about, my overarching why and why I do what I do and why I have so many things on my plate and why I wear so many hats and why I try and make the most of so many different opportunities and really trying to max out as many opportunities as I can is because I understand and appreciate the sacrifices that were made to put me in a position to have those opportunities in the first place. So for me, it's almost like, you know, if I, if I didn't, try and make, try and max out every opportunity that that comes uh in my direction every good opportunity that comes in my direction i would be doing mm-hmm. a disservice to my parents and my grandparents and i would be flying in the face of the, the sacrifices that they made to put me in this position wow um i just got goosebumps <laughs> like literally you just gave me goosebumps cuz um, on a personal note, my family originated on my father's side, originated from Italy. Yep. And then they left and started all over in Cuba. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, I understand in regards to that sacrifice that they made to give my family a better life, a better opportunity. Absolutely. Wow. Um, but <laughs> damn, that's crazy. So. 
Um, dropping another quick question your way. Have you always had an extreme ownership mentality or is that something you've learned over the years? Man, I think it's, it, it's probably a little bit of both. I think mm-hmm. intrinsically I've always been the sort of person that takes responsibility for my actions. I think, you know, when I, when mm-hmm. I was younger, when I think back, I, you know, I've always been like, if I, if I, um, you know, made a mistake or messed something up and, and it was kind of on me, I'd never be the sort of person to pass the buck or pass the blame. I'd always kind of put my hand okay. up and go, you know, yeah, I messed up. That's my bad. I'll take responsibility for it. I'll own it. And, you know, I'll deal with the consequences. I think as I've kind of gotten older and had more experience and, and really in particular, probably a combination of uh, the mountain of business experience that I've had the privilege of having and also relationship experience, you know, in, in personal relationships and friendships and family relationships. I think that that's probably developed into, you know, what we now know in, in, in common culture as extreme ownership, where it's like your default position for anything that doesn't go the way you want it to go is that it's on you, um, is that you own it. Even in the case where, you know, face value, it's actually not your fault. Uh, you know, it's mm-hmm. still your responsibility to figure out how to move forward. It's still your responsibility to figure out how to pick up the pieces of things that happen because ultimately you are only in control of your reaction to the things that happen, uh, your perception to the things that happen and whether or not you decide to move forwards, move backwards, take a sidestep in whatever direction you want to pursue. Hmm. Um, well, basically this is going to lead into the next question. Um, you have a degree in mechanical engineering yes. and a degree in law. I do. Yes. While you were also, while you were also working part-time on massive Joe's before you went all in, you've done your research. What, what, <laughs> I, I do my research because I, when I say I want content inspired to be one of the best podcasts yeah. in, in, within the space, you mean it. I mean, yeah, hundred percent. So, what do you think when someone says they don't have the time to work out, meal prep, or focus on a side hustle or passion of theirs? I say it's not important enough to them because okay. the, the, the truth of the matter is, Andrew, everybody has the same amount of time. We've all got mm-hmm. 24 hours every single day, 365 or 66 days in the year, depending if it's a leap year or not, we all have exactly (laughs) the same amount of time. So when someone says, you know, I don't have time to exercise or I don't have time to work on my side hustle or I don't have time to go back to school and study uh, something that's going to help me advance in my career or I don't have time to spend with uh, my partner, or I don't have time to see my friends or, you know, whatever it is, the, the statement, I don't have time is a complete cop out because we all have the same amount of time. So it's not a question of time. It's a question of how you spend your time, which then becomes a question of your priorities. So the real reason why you don't have time to exercise isn't that you don't have the time. It's that it's not important to you. It's not a high enough priority to you. The reason why you don't work on that side hustle is because even though, you know, you hop on social media and tell all of your followers and shit how pumped you are about your side hustle, the truth of the matter is it's actually not that important to you because you're spending the 24 hours doing other shit. So 
you know, when, when people, it's one of my most, I have a, a couple of like hated sayings and one of them <laughs> is I don't have time. And it's funny because, um, you know, if you ever get the opportunity to spend some time in the Massive Joe's headquarters building, which is where all of our management staff work, if anyone ever says, I said a few times the guys slip up, right? Because they know that I hate this, <laughs> but a few times I'll slip up. <laughs> I'll be like, hey, um, you know, um, Vince, why don't you, why, why is that, why don't you get a chance to complete that task for me last week? And he'll slip out and go, oh, man, I ran out of time. So, excuse me? What was that? <laughs> <laughs> you mean it wasn't important enough to you, Vince? You mean it wasn't a priority, Vince? And he'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah, it wasn't. Okay, well, let's make it a priority this week. Okay. Well, all the listeners at home, please write down what Joseph said in regards to making things a priority in your life. Stop making excuses. Stop giving yourself bullshit excuses. Just go after mm. it. And in regards to uh, Massive Joe's headquarters, I do have an invitation to go over there. I have a video saved of you saying, if I ever make it to Adelaide, yep. Australia, that's it. More than I'm welcome, going over man. there and I'll get a tour. So. Absolutely. Door is um, always open. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you for that. Because ever since uh, you, you, what was it? I think it was a live. And I asked if you ever did um, tours for TMJ and so on and so mm -hmm. forth. And you were like, if you ever make it to Adelaide, that's it. You're in. We'll give you a Absolutely. tour. And I, I've saved that video still to this yeah. day. Beautiful. So. Beautiful. Well, we have to make it happen, oh. man. Well, we certainly will when the world is all good again in 2021. Yeah, well, when they let you into well, Australia. <laughs> that's, the, that's the barrier now. Uh, so um, just pivoting, dropping another quick question. What is the biggest lesson you have learned since starting your business? Oh, man, there, there's there's so many. I think, you know, it's it's really difficult to pick one because I think a lot of mm -hmm. your it, – it's funny, Andrew, whenever I do um, guest podcasts or interviews and I get these sorts of questions where it's like, you know, what is the most important this or what is the biggest lesson in this or, you know, it's like where you have to pick like one thing, I think – you know, so many times my answer is so dependent on what I am confronting at that point in time. So as soon as I started thinking about the answers to this question, immediately what pops into my mind is something that I'm working on in the business at the moment, right? Because it's front of mind. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to answer it with that in mind. But, you know, I just want to um, disclaim it by saying that there's there's not necessarily one biggest lesson. There's all of these tiny little lessons uh, that, you know, there would be hundreds and thousands of them that just add up over time and kind of build this, uh, this masterpiece of experience that, you know, uh, determines what sort of business person and what sort of person you're going to become. But to answer your question at this point in time, I think probably the one thing that, that is, most front of mind at the moment in business is that, and I think the, the entrepreneurs who are listening will, will, will take a lot of value out of this, is you can get your business to a certain point on the back of um, your own efforts and your own time and, um, you know, everything that you, your inputs effectively. And I think this is... Uh, 
particularly specific to the health and fitness space because I know there's a lot of personal trainers who tune into your show. Um, you know, there's a lot of people probably run like, you know, small, small in, in the scheme of things, small type businesses that's really like a one or a two man show sort of thing. And you can get, you can grow your business to a certain point based on your own personal inputs. But what's going to happen is you're going to hit a glass ceiling because, mm-hmm. you know, as we mentioned, we all have the same amount of time in a day, but you only have 24 hours in a day, right? You only have so much time, so much energy, so much effort, so many financial resources. You know, there's these, there's these limits on what you can do as a single person or as a, as a small team um, that really what's going to happen is you're going to hit, you know, what I, what I call a glass ceiling in business. And the only way through that, and, you know, I've, I've really had to learn this the hard way, <laughs> but the only way through that is to build an incredible team of people who share your vision for your business or your company, but also you share their vision for what they're trying to accomplish as individuals. So hmm. I think, you know, I, I always think as of good companies as like pro sports teams, you know, in terms of the culture and the teamwork and, um, you know, the, the different directions that the trade-offs need to happen. You know, you, you need all of the team members to share the ultimate vision of the company or the ultimate vision of the business or the ultimate, if you look at the pro sports team analogy, the ultimate vision of the team to win a championship or win a Super Bowl or whatever it is. But at the same time, all of these individuals are going to have their own goals and their own visions that the company needs to service. It's a two-way street, so it goes in both directions. And I think that that's such an important part of building a winning company culture and a winning uh, team within a company or within a business that's really going to allow you to bust through those glass ceilings um, and not kind of get suffocated by them. Okay. Um, I could see in regards to that input that you're putting regarding that everyone has to have the same goal regarding winning the championship, hitting the numbers, hitting the quota, making sure that all the stores are taken Mm -hmm. care of and your customers are taken care of at the end of the day. But But you're also making sure that your employees aren't, what's the right word for it? That they're not complacent? in regards to their own goals and to their own aspirations and that they're pushing themselves. Am I correct? hundred percent. hundred percent. Okay. Perfect. Um, and so I just have to ask, have you ever had an, I made it moment with massive Joe's or TMJ apparel? No. You know what? I love that <laughs> answer. Let's fucking go. <laughs> and I'm not, I, and I'm not Ooh. sure I ever will. I'm not sure I ever will. And, you you know, the reason for that, Andrew, is, is, you know, I say this in a lot of my content where, um, you know, I I say process over product, which is a a shorthand version way of saying that the journey is more important than the destination. So, you know, it's important to set goals, obviously. So, you know, you you have clarity Mm -hmm. about what direction you're heading in with your business, with your fitness, with your personal life, your relationships, you know, all different areas of your life that are important to you. But it's not just about reaching those goals. It's not just about getting to the destination. It's not just about 
achieving the end product because the true value and the true growth and the true personal development is actually achieved along the way or in pursuit of the end destination. And I think I'm the, I'm, wow. I'm, you know, I'm, I really live that. I, you know, I talk about a lot in, in a bunch of mm -hmm. my content, but I really live that. And it's probably at some, sometimes it's probably to my detriment, to be honest, because I don't take the time to really celebrate wins as much as I probably should. But I'm so focused on the process. I'm so focused on the journey. I'm so focused on, all right, we achieved that goal. What's next? Let's look for the next you know, what, are we, what direction are we, are we moving in next? What direction are we heading in next? So, you know, back to your question. No, I've, ne I've never had a moment where I'm like, yes, I've made it. And I just don't think I ever will. Well, it seems that every single high-producing entrepreneur, Dan Lorenko, um, Ben Kane from Price Plow, Ryan Bucky, I could I could give a long list of the individuals that I have mm -hmm. interviewed. And when I ask them that question, it is literally the mm -hmm. same response. No. Why? Because they're individuals such as yourself that are A1, they're constantly just pushing mm -hmm. the game. And and they're constantly just doing what it takes to elevate their business, their brand um, to the next level. So I see that with your content every single day that you post, whether it's for podcasts, YouTube, Sup Wars, you name it. There's a long list. And yeah, I don't think that you ever will have an I made a moment. And I'm just going to put it out there. Let's say one day I hit 1 million listens for Content Inspire. I don't think that I will ever have an I made a moment either. So I'm putting that into the universe. Yeah. I, and I think that you know, not, not to, I don't want to say this to alienate, alienate anybody, but I think thoroughbred entrepreneurs, I think, you know, true entrepreneurs are just really obsessed with the journey more than the destination. So, you know, your goal at the moment might be to, you know, to, to just use the example you gave might be to get to a million listens, but by the time you're at like half a million, and then 600,000, and then 700,000, you're already thinking about 2 million, right? You already think about 5 million. <laughs> you already think, like, you know, that's how it works, is you go, okay, well, I'm so close to that goal. What's, what's after that? And I don't think that that's a bad thing for thoroughbred entrepreneurs, because if that wasn't the case, Andrew, like, what would happen when we achieve that initial goal we set? We'd probably just get complacent right we'd probably rest on our laurels and go well fuck i've made it yep. that's it my work here is done and then what what do you do i don't know <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're right complacency yeah. would kick in and then you wouldn't have completed half the shit that mm. you've done so far mm -hmm. it's down wow so this is a podcast for content creators and individuals that are doing good things, actually good people doing great things in their industry. So I have to ask, do you have a schedule for content creation? I do. Um, it, it, I definitely had a 
much more rigid schedule um, before the COVID-19 mm-hmm. pandemic really took hold <laughs> at the start of this year. And that, that schedule kind of got broken up a little bit because I really had to put my, um, you know, my CEO hat on rather than my PR hat on and, and really go to work in, um, in getting through those challenges. Um, but, you know, let's take that as extraordinary. And it's been an extraordinary nine, what's well, been nine months now. Um, but up into that point, yes, I, I had a schedule. So I knew every single week what videos were going to be created, when they were going to be shot, when they were going to be edited, when they were um, planned to go live. Um, from an Instagram perspective, uh, what posts I'm going to be creating every week and on what frequency, um, you know, what the content was going to look like where it was going to be created, where it was going to be shot, where it was going to be um, produced, when it was going to be posted, what the caption that went along with it was going to be. So very um, structured and very rigid. Okay. Wow. Um, I'm going to give a shout out to uh, Luke yes, Roberts, your videographer and content creator, because that guy he is, is a beast. Uh, you know, he, he's exceptional and he continues to just get better and better. Um and it's just so great to see, you know, his skills develop. Uh, he's been, how long has he been with us now? He's been with us two, almost three years. It'll be come, coming up to three years in March next year. Um, and he's young. Luke's, you know, he's only uh, 20, 21. Yeah, he's 21. Um, you know, so so he's he's <laughs> super young, but he's, uh, I mean, he's, he's just got it, man. Like, you know, from a, from a, especially from, you know, an actual content creation, when it comes to creative content, when it comes to actual videography and photography, he's just got the gift. Um, and, and I feel so privileged to be in a position to give him the opportunity to really develop that gift um, and to continue to, to develop that, that gift because I just think he's got potential to be world-class. You know what? Mm. That's awesome. That is so badass. So I do have to ask because there are a lot of supplement brands out there. Um, Redcon One with the Redcon One Gym, Revive MD, same. Have you ever thought about having your own private training facility or public facility? I have, definitely. Um, It is something that I would like to do. Uh, It's not particularly high on my Mm -hmm. list of priorities at this point in time. But I have, I have given Certainly. it some thought. And I think if I was to do it, it would be a private facility. Um, I just have no mm-hmm. interest in getting into the business of gyms, Andrew. It just, it, it doesn't interest me. Uh, you know, the, the business model um, is not a model that I want mm-hmm. to uh, endeavor um, to, to, to pursue. Um, so if I, you know, if I was to do it when the time comes um, and it does become a priority to me, it would, it would be a private um, training facility for sure okay well thank you for sharing that with me and the listeners and so this is my favorite part mm-hmm. of the segment what do you watch on netflix hulu disney plus when you are on your <laughs> do i have to answer this honestly <laughs> you could answer it honestly or you give me bullshit that's fine I think I might be able to tell the uh, difference, shit, but it's shit. all good. All right. Well, I'm, I've got two, right? <laughs> so okay. whenever there's uh, like a really good documentary or docu-series, I'll dive into that. Um, you know, one that comes to mind was The Last Dance early this year on Netflix. 
um, which was the the docu series about the um, last uh, season of the Chicago Bulls empire or dynasty. I think they called it dynasty. Um, the ninety seven ninety eight season. So that sort of thing, you yeah. know, is like bliss to me, especially because it's sports related, especially, especially because it's basketball related and three times, especially because it's MJ related. So that sort of thing okay. is, is absolute bliss for me. But obviously those don't come around all the time. You know, they're kind of sporadic in, in their nature. Um, so what I'm watching mm-hmm. at the moment, and this is this was not my choice. This is um, my partner. Uh, her name's Amy. This was this is her influence mm-hmm. on me. Um, but I'm actually working my way through Gossip Girl. Yep. Through Gossip Girl? Well, you know what? That's fine. Gossip Girl is an amazing, amazing TV show. Yeah. So that's all good. At the end of, at the, end of the day, it's, um, yeah. it's great TV, yeah. dude. Well, it's good. It's good. Like, it's good downtime for um, me. You know, I can put it on. I can watch an episode. I don't really have yeah. to concentrate. It's entertaining. Um, you know, it's just, it's just an opportunity to kind of turn turn my brain off for a little bit. So I do have to ask because I'm on the same boat as you in regards to MJ being yep. the GOAT, the greatest yep. of all time in basketball. But do you think that he did that on purpose and finally released that series just to, as another blow to LeBron, just be there, like, stay in your, stay in your lane? Oh, that's a good question. I've never actually thought of that before. I've never been asked it and I've never thought of it. Um I don't know. I don't know. I guess, I guess you could probably put an argument together that would support that. But I think, you know, I recommend yeah. even, even with LeBron winning, uh, you know, another championship this year with the Lakers, that the, the MJ story is just so unique, you know, to win six championships mm-hmm. with the same franchise, to disappear for an entire season and go and play a completely different professional sport and then come back and win another, like it's, you know, it, 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 you, you couldn't write that, you know, it's so unbelievable. It, you just nope. couldn't write it. And I think that the way that I think of, you know, the greatest basketball players of all time, MJ, number one, Kobe Bryant, uh, may he rest in peace, uh, number two. And then you start the discussion about LeBron significantly under those two. Um, in my personal opinions. Nice. Well, that's fine. Your your opinion is correct good, on my good, show, really so good. it's all good. I'm happy to hear. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and then um, I know, if I remember correctly, your significant yep. other, Amy, I was introducing you or maybe close friends, whatever the case may be, was introducing you to some heavy metal. Yes. Some heavier music. Yes. Yes. So what... Is your favorite music to listen to Ooh, while lifting? So I, I flick between two now. So, I, I, you know, hip hop music mm-hmm. runs through my blood. Hip hop, rap. Okay. Um, you know, it, it's I've enjoyed that genre of music since I can remember ever listening to music. Since I was like, a, you know, a 10 year old. Um, you know, imagine a 10 year old listening to Snoop Dogg and shit. But <laughs> that was me. That was me, right? <laughs> um, so you know, hip hop and rap is just like a part of my soul. But I do, and this mm. you're 100 percent correct. This is once again Amy's influence on me, um, because before I met her, I did not listen to metal at all. <laughs> um, but I do enjoy, especially <laughs> for like 
my more aggressive workouts, my leg workouts, my back workouts, those workouts where you just go into the gym and you just rip the gym to shreds. Um, I do enjoy listening to metal. So I guess it depends on the okay. workout. That's mm. sick. So when you're getting ready to destroy the gym, murder it, 911, yep. all that good fun stuff out here in the States, um, basically yep. metal and then everything else, hip hop and rap and all that yep. good fun stuff. So is there a specific um, rap or hip hop artist that just comes to mind um, that you genuinely think is the greatest Ooh. of all time? It's greatest of all times questions, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, look, I think... I think in the hip hop game, it's hard to argue against the greatest rapper of all time being Eminem. Um, uh, you know, okay. I, I, I just, I, I really think that's a difficult argument to win. And yeah, you can put Park up there and you can put Notorious B.I.G. up there. Um, you know, may they both rest in peace. And you could also put the argument that if they weren't taken so early in their careers and so early in their lives, they may have had the opportunity to become the greatest of all time. But, you know, the fact that Eminem is still producing music in his late 40s now, you know, he's been doing it for almost three decades. Uh, it's difficult to, to argue against that um, from, from, you know, a, the greatest rapper of all time. Okay. Well, thank you so much for sharing that with me and the listeners. So everyone at home, start listening to some Eminem. <laughs> and um so i have to ask because i remember seeing that one video that you made for your yeah. uh, cold drip coffee i am so jealous i am so motherfucking jealous that you have that colombian cold drip because that video that you made was so sick and i think i even messaged you i was like is that an australian yeah brand that's out there and you were like yep yeah. and i'm like damn I well you're gonna be you're it. gonna be extra jealous because i'm <laughs> literally sipping on some cold drip right now no mm-hmm. freaking way i sure oh. am it's like it's yeah. like my my podcast damn. um one of my podcast rituals i won't podcast without a cold drip so okay well i'm glad that you i'm glad that you kept that tradition of content of course. i'm happy about that and also, I just wanted to say, Joseph, thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule, coming on to Content Inspire. It has been absolutely amazing and fun interviewing you, and I appreciate my it pleasure, so man. Much, thank my you man. for uh, for having me, and thank you for the opportunity, um, you know, to share my story and my insights and some of my experiences with your listeners. I hope that they uh, they they take some value from our conversation today. Well, thank you so much. And listeners, till next time.